It's Kendrick Oakley here with Real Life Church, and this is our weekly podcast. Hey, enjoy this word. Is we are enforcing and experiencing the reign of Christ in every aspect of our lives. He reigns, we know that. But that reign, that victory that he has needs to be translated into our lives. And that's what we're spending this year doing is, is all of us in this room can look at our lives and, and be able to identify that there are places, areas, and aspects that don't reflect that Christ reigns yet. Maybe it's your heart or maybe it's a struggle with sin and even though Jesus has conquered it or maybe whatever it may be, maybe there's a fear. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your marriage. But what we're doing this year is we're enforcing and experiencing the reign of Christ in every aspect of our, of our lives. The truth is that Jesus reigns, but Jesus screams out through the gospel that it's not enough for me to reign if you don't reign with me. That's what the gospel says, is that it's not enough for me to be on the throne if you're not here with me. And so now we begin to apply this truth into our life with this series, Make It Rain. Our our and our, our scripture this year for the entire year is Romans 5 verse 17 and, and I want you to take notes in this series and you can take that on your phone or, or uh, your, your notepad but this is um, the scripture that we are declaring and we're dissecting through this series and through the whole year and this is what Paul says in Romans 5 17 for if by the trespass or the sin of the one man speaking of Adam death reigned so you see the word, through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness, and this is what we're emphasizing, reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. He makes a comparison between the first Adam in Genesis and the last Adam named Jesus. And you got to read the entire chapter in order to understand the context. But here is such a powerful statement that if through Adam death reigned, there's no question that things began to reign through Adam. Uh, your, your life has been affected because of Adam, because there's sin and there's sickness and there's death. All of those things reign through Adam. And sometimes I believe we have a, a stronger faith in the first Adam than we do the second Adam. And what, what, what the scriptures articulating is, if those things reigned through the first Adam, how much more will those who have received grace and righteousness, and I love this, it says reign in life. Does it say afterlife? So, so not just reigning in eternity, like we know that, but what we have to deal with is this this idea, this understanding that we are called to reign in this life with Jesus. With that being said, I want to give you the title of my message. It's a simple question today. Here it is. We reign in or not? We reign in or not? I'm going to ask you to do something in this moment, and, and I don't want you to add unto the word or take away. That, that's not good. Don't do that. Uh, so, so, so do not say, hey, ma'am, sir, um, um, excuse me, are we reigning or are we not? No, no, that's not the title of my message, okay? So I'm going to ask you to, to ask this question to your neighbor. I don't want you to change my title. I want you to simply ask your neighbor, we reigning or not? We reigning or not? 
Come on. We reigning or nah? Here's my assignment. Somebody, I just can't say it like that. It just, you are too Christian. You need, no, no. You, you are too proper. It's okay. I just, I have to say not. I cannot say no. Nah. I feel like a, a horse, you know. I just, no. Nah. I just. Here's my assignment today. To, as a people, bring us to a place of being fully convinced of the reign of Christ in our lives. Bring us to a place of being fully convinced. Everybody say fully convinced. We're going to look at that word. Of the reign of Christ in our lives. The word fully convinced is something that has been standing out to me because we do not become convinced of anything overnight. Uh, if, if you're married, you were not convinced of who that person was overnight. It took some time, some of us longer than others. But there had to be some convincing. Y'all bold, just raising me. It took too long. I just. Can someone mess with that? I feel like I am uh, at war with that, 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 he, that devil up there right now. So <laughs> if you could just turn that bad boy off, I feel like it's warm enough. So we don't get convinced of anything overnight, nor our faith. Your faith grows. It comes in sizes. It comes in measures. That's why Jesus said, if you have the faith, what? The size of a mustard seed. And he says, what? You of little faith. So, so what that lets us know is that there's not just faith and you have it and all of us have the same size, but that you grow in faith. And that faith comes in sizes and it comes in measures. And so we have to grow into being convinced of things. And the greatest example, here's the word convinced. It means to move by argument or experience or evidence to full persuasion. And all of us are on the same journey. None of us trust God 100% with everything. In, in fact, the, the majority of our life, whether it's sin or whatever is out of order, is, a, is just an issue of trusting God. You might mess with this one back here, too. If you just turn them off, that'd be great. Um, it, it, it's an issue of fully trusting God with our life. Convinced through argument, through experience, through persuasion, it takes time to trust God. And he understands that. When you give your life to the Lord, He loves to convince you of His faithfulness. He loves to step in in moments that you think all is lost. In fact, I believe sometimes He allows it to get to that place. That, that, that if there's never any struggle or trouble or fears, then He doesn't get the opportunity to persuade you that He's bigger than your circumstances. Come on. He never gets the opportunity to reveal his faithfulness to you. So we're on this journey and our faith is growing and we're growing into the place of becoming fully convinced of a lot of things. But this year we want to grow in becoming convinced of the reign of Christ. A good example of this, this faith journey is Abraham and Sarah and their journey of faith. It's amazing that they are named, Abraham is named the father of the faith. Like the faith that we're in right now, they were bold enough to name him the father of all of it. And the New Testament apostles, a lot of times, 
will use Abraham as an example of the faith. And they say Abraham believed God and God considered him righteous. Because, oh, there we go. The glory just came in. The Holy Spirit just, the Holy Spirit just took over this thing. Uh, so Abraham, they, 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 they're known as the fathers of faith. But yet when we read the scripture, we're able to see they too had to grow in their faith. Like, they, 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 there was a measure of faith in the beginning because God said, leave everything, and they did. Like, like, they had to believe something. They left everything, and they began to follow God, a God that their family did not serve. They began to follow God into a place that they've never been to before. So there was this, this measure of faith. And when God promised them Isaac, they believed to an extent because if they didn't, they wouldn't have kept going on this journey. But yet, in the midst of this faith, there was doubt. There, there, there's this place in Scripture where, where the angels show up and they say that Sarah is going to have a son and that, that you guys are going to be uh, 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 the father and mother of, of multiple generations and look at the stars of the sky. And, and, and it's amazing that the promise was attached to their challenge. You got to catch it. This isn't in my notes. This is for somebody. It, the, the promise of generations was attached to the fact that they can't have babies. And a lot of times in our life, the promise that we are waiting on and are believing yeah. for are directly connected to the biggest struggles and challenges in our life. Why? Because God is growing your faith. In order for the promise to happen, a miracle has to take place with the struggle right now. Like, Lord, why couldn't you promise something with my strengths? Why would you attach a promise to my weakness? Well, what did he tell, to, to, tell Paul? When you're weak, I'm strong. I have to attach my promises to your weakness or you'll take credit. So I find the weakest places about you and about your life and about your circumstance and I attach a promise to it so that when it comes to pass, you know that it's me and I receive the glory. So the angel said that, that, that they're going to have this baby and, and Sarah was in the other room, and she started laughing. I know that laugh Sarah did because my wife does it <laughs> when I say certain things. Sometimes she doesn't even argue. She just does this Sarah-type giggle, and I'm like, no, this is, this, is, this, this is what Sarah did, right? So she giggled in a way where, where she's being, y'all know Pastor Liz, she's really, really sweet, but y'all don't know Pastor Liz. She got some Hispanic up in her, right? So she's crazy too. Y'all don't y'all think I'm the crazy one, but um, I can say it because she's in nursery right now. All right, all right. I'm just hoping she don't watch the replay. Amen. So Sarah gave this laugh that some of you ladies in the house do, and you laugh, and it's like so sweet, but it's like you're an absolute idiot. You are, you are an idiot. Are you kidding me right? <laughs> are you kidding me right now? Right. And Sarah gave that laugh, and the angels heard it, and they were offended. She was laughing to herself, saying, do you know how old I am? We can't do this. We can't have babies. And the Lord rebuked her. And this is the context. I know you quote it, but you don't know where it came from. Is there anything impossible for God? This is the context of that scripture. So I want, I'm showing you something. I'm showing you that, that they had they had. Faith, but their faith had to grow. 
they kind of believed in the promise, but then, then they took things in their own hand and they gave birth to this, this boy named Ishmael. What do I learn from that? I learned that when you are not fully convinced, you produce Ishmael's. Mm-mm. Just thought I would give that a moment. When, when you're not fully convinced, you take things in your own hand. And they, they produce Ishmael instead of the promised Isaac. But their faith continued to grow. Their faith grew so much that when they finally had Isaac, they seen the faithfulness of God, didn't they? And that caused their faith to grow to such a place where God said, now sacrifice him. Oh, man, I, I, this ain't even my sermon. I just need to get back. I could preach on this thing. Because, because when the promise comes through, it always is followed up by more sacrifice. Because why? God has to, y'all better, this is for somebody. Somebody is messing my notes up. Why? Because God has to make sure what you are believing him for doesn't become your God. Sacrifice him. Now Abraham's faith is so big, he said, we're going up to the mountain to worship. Y'all stay here. This is the first place where worship is mentioned in scripture. I know y'all thought it was this, but it's actually sacrifice. Oh, go to the New Testament. Uh, present your bodies a what? Living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. What? For this is your worship. We're going to the mountain to sacrifice. He goes up there, and he's about to kill. It's a three days journey. I got it. I can't stay here. I cannot stay here. I have to keep moving. It's a three days journey because God wants him to have time to turn around. Mm-mm-mm. I need this to be because you are fully convinced because sometimes you'll be in an atmosphere and God will give a word and you got super faith. You'll just do anything. But by the time Monday and Tuesday come around, all of a sudden you are not staying to the commitment you gave here. So, so the Lord made sure it was not spur of the moment. He said, I want the, the date. I want the journey to be three days long because I want you to have time to think of every negative. I want there to be time for you to be confused. I want there to be time for you to really weigh this because about time you get to the destination, I need it to be from you and I need it to come from your heart and I need you to be fully convinced of this. Three days, Abraham could have said, forget it, I can't do it. Because you have to know this is not my sermon. Sorry, guys, I just, you, you, you have to believe if I was taking Dedrick up Dedrick would have been playing. He would have been, oh, Dad, let's do this, and let's stop here, and oh, my God, let's, oh, man, this is the coolest thing in the world, right? He's going into the mountains with Dad. He'd be like, let's find rocks, and oh, man, I, look, 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 I can't wait to get back and show Mom, man. And the whole time, I'm thinking, you're never going to get to show her because I'm going to kill you. And he gets there, and, 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 and he takes the knife, and, and here's, here's, I'm just saying all that to say that their faith grew to the place where he was able to say, even if I kill him, God can raise him back to life. Abraham was not a murderer. He had faith in resurrection. And this is where Abraham seen the gospel. This is where Abraham seen the gospel. He's seen Jesus. He's, he looked ahead and said, if you can 
If your son can die and be raised to life, then my son can die and be raised to life. This is why he's a father of the faith, but it was a journey. Somebody say it was a journey. I just, man, I could just stay there all because I feel like some of y'all really, really need that right there. That if you don't get anything else, you needed that. This is why, why Paul says in Romans 8, he says, For I am convinced, I love it, neither life nor death nor angels nor demons nor present nor future nor any powers nor height or depth or anything in all of creation can separate us from the love of God. I, I don't quote that because I understand that Paul had to take a journey to get to that place. He said, I'm convinced, meaning that, that I did not, I wasn't convinced right when I was saved. I wasn't, but, but over time, I've come to the place, he's writing this out of his life, that now I am convinced that nothing can separate me from his love. He was able to say that because he said, you don't know what I've done. You don't know how much I've failed. You don't know how unfaithful I've been. You don't know how messy my life is, but yet he's loved me through it all. I tell him that I'm ready, and then I fall again, and he's still there. And it's through that journey that you you were able to say, you know what? I'm convinced of this thing. I'm convinced that nothing can separate me from the love of God. Now, let's talk about the source of the rain or the source of the victory. You got Abraham, you got Isaac, you got Ishmael. Ishmael was produced through human effort. Isaac was produced by God through faith. Ishmael was produced through human effort. Isaac was produced by God through faith. The source is God. Victory in our lives flows from Jesus. I need you to hear what I'm saying. Now, everything that I say, I'm taking you on a journey. So never, never clock out because you'll miss the whole purpose. Victory flows from Jesus. I want to say it one more time. Victory flows from Jesus. Jesus. If you do not understand the source, then you will live a Christian life producing Ishmael's for God rather than receiving Isaac's from God. What does that mean? If you don't understand this, you will, you will try to live in victory for Jesus. Man, I just want to, God, he doesn't need you to live in victory for him. Victory does not come from you. When you're trying to do something for him, you're offending him because you're saying you're the source and you're giving it to him. If you don't understand the source of victory, then I'll try to live right for Jesus rather than me sharing in his victory. This is why when we sin, we run away from the source. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Uh, only about two of them caught it because they said that's good. I'm going to say it again. Uh, when you sin and you don't understand this, you run away from God. And what you're doing is you're running away from the source. When you don't understand this, you run away from God because you feel like you let him down because you didn't give him victory. You weren't victorious, so I need to run. And what you're doing is you're running away from the source of the victory. <laughs> when you understand this, when you fail, you don't get further away from God. What do you say? You say, okay, all this means is victory is there, and I just need to get closer to him. And then I fall again. You say, okay, okay, all this means is I need to get closer to the source of my breakthrough. I need to get closer to the source of my victory. 
You're not called to be victorious for Jesus. You're called to share in his victory. When you understand this, it changes everything. The simple concept of victory flows from Jesus. I need you to also understand that the reign of Christ was earned. You want to write that down. The reign of Christ was earned. In the garden, Adam handed authority over to Satan. God placed Adam there to have dominion and to rule on this earthly realm. This is why Satan was after them. Because Satan wanted the keys to earth. Why? Because he was kicked out of heaven. He said, if I can't rule there, I'll rule here. And Satan was ticked when God said, no, you won't. And he reached down into the dirt and formed a man from the dirt. Satan's an angel. <laughs> and so, no, actually, you're not going to reign here. And began to form Adam from the dirt. And I know Satan was watching like, what is he about to do? Is he just making mud patties? I'm just confused. I don't, this is strange to me. And he just began to form from the dirt this man and said, he's going to reign here. And I give him dominion. And he has the keys. Oh, so now Satan has an agenda. Because when sin entered the world, Adam gave up his place. He handed the keys over to Satan. This is why the New Testament refers to Satan as the God of this world. He handed the keys over to Satan, and Satan had a legal right to rule, and the legal right was titled sin. The earth was created by God, but now it was like the earth had a lean on it because now sin has to be taken care of. A lean on a property says, yeah, this is yours, but in, this has to be taken care of first. There's something owed in order for there to be a full transfer of ownership. And this was sin. So sin had to be paid for. God wanted to give man his earth back, but sin had to be paid for because it was a legal right that gave Satan rulership. And what God is saying is, I did not create this earth for Satan and darkness. I created it for man and my glory. This is why Jesus gives this context where they said when he was on earth that he cast out devils by the devil. And he looks at them and say, Satan can't cast out Satan. A house divided against itself won't stand. He said, no, 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 what has to happen is if there is a strong man, a stronger one has to come. <laughs> A stronger one has to come and bind up the strong man and take ownership. 
Man, he's speaking so much. He's not just speaking about individual deliverance. But he was talking about individual deliverance, that when, when, when there's a demon that occupies a body, the only solution is the one who has a bigger authority binds that thing up and casts it out and begins to take ownership. It's such a powerful statement. He wasn't just talking about that. He was talking about the earth, that there is a strong man that, that has rulership and the only way this can work is if a stronger one comes and binds him up and takes authority. Now, understand and remember that sin must be paid for. Why is this important for us to understand? Because your victory came at a cost and it was paid for, it was earned, and that is what you stand on. Most of us in our life, we don't see victory because we're not standing on nothing. Like, you don't know why you have victory or why you're supposed to. It's just, I don't know, pastor said it. The devil's not going to run because pastor said it. Come on. You have to understand that, wait a minute, that, that Jesus reigns and he's victorious, not just because he's God and that's what he wanted to do. He could have, but then he wouldn't be just, would he? Because then sin wouldn't have been paid for. God could not just, oh, let's just forget about that and let's just change things around. No, 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 he wouldn't be holy. He's a God of love and a God of justice, so he loved us to send his son. He loved us, he wanted to be with us, but because he's just, his son has to die because sin has to be punished. And so Jesus didn't just reign just because he's God. No, 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 he, he earned it. He gave his life for it. When you understand this, your prayer life changes because now all of a sudden, the victory I need in my health, it came at a cost. The, the reason why my body must get better is because it's already been paid for. Jesus earned it. And when you begin to talk in that language, Satan must release because he understands the lean has been dealt with. Y'all got to catch this today. He understands that a pride, but many Christians don't understand, so this isn't their foundation. So they're praying, but the foundation isn't this understanding of the victory of Christ came at a cost. It's already paid for. I am not going to allow what he did to be in vain. It doesn't make sense because Satan, you have no more power. This thing is finished because someone gave their life, his blood was shed, and my life must change. This must turn around. I must experience Victory in my life because Jesus earned this. So Jesus reigns and has the victory now, not because he's God, but because he earned it, meaning what Adam gave to Satan, Jesus came and took it back. Somebody say he took it back. This is why Satan, when Jesus went to fast and pray, it's evidence of everything that I just said because Satan goes to Jesus with multiple temptations, but one of them is he takes him to this high point and he shows him the kingdoms of this world. And he says these very, very interesting words. He says, um, I want to give this to you. And I can do that because, listen, it's been given to me. And notice, Jesus was like, no, it ain't. It's my daddy's. Right? <laughs> he didn't argue with him because he knew 
he was not lying in that moment. Something was handed to him. And he tells Jesus, I will give, I will share this with you because it's been given to me and I give it to whoever I will. Bow down and worship me. And Jesus says, he does that Sarah giggle, right? <laughs> and he says, um, how sweet. That is so sweet of you. Like that, man, kind sir, how, how thoughtful that you would want to share this with me. But I just want to let you know that I didn't come to share. <laughs> Sarah laughed, Sarah laughed. I actually came to take it all. Come on. I, I came to take it all. I, I, don't, I don't want to share. I came to break every chain. I came to take your authority. I came to take the earth. I came to purchase my people. I came to rip them out of places of destruction. I came to empty hell. I came to take it all. Somebody say hallelujah. Satan said, just bow down and worship me. And he said, none of the Lord my God, him alone shall I worship. And that would have been a shortcut. And Jesus said, I'll go the long way. Thank you so much for your offer. I'll see you at the cross. <laughs> He's just a bad man. He's just a bad man. And he took the full authority. He took it all. He earned the right to be victorious. This sermon will be the foundation of everything we talk about this year. Because if you don't understand this, you won't understand anything else. We have to understand that, that we have the right to this. This has been earned. You need deliverance in your life. It's not, it's not hopeful wishing. <laughs> Come on, somebody. <laughs> That is not going to get you a victory. Just hopeful wishing to just a genie in a bottle somewhere that he answers some people and doesn't others, and I just hope that, I don't know, only through natural selection, the Lord decides to keep me on the earth. Like, <laughs> Your victory has been won for you. And it came at a precious cost. Why would we waste the blood of Jesus that was shed to give us full authority? There's this last point I want to talk about, and it's sharing in his reign. He is victorious, but he's called us to share in his reign with him. Jesus was on the throne before he came to the earth. John said that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And he was in the beginning with God, and all things came into existence through him. You go down a little bit further, and it said eventually the word became flesh. So he, he was all, there was never a time where Jesus did not exist. He was from the beginning, and he was with the Father forever, all throughout eternity. And so when he came down here, um, here's what you have to understand. He did not leave the throne, come down here, go through all of that just to go back to the throne. Like, that doesn't even make any sense. If I were him, I would have just stayed, right? I just would have stayed put. I would have just been where I am. So, so he did not do all of that to go to a throne. He was already on the throne. He did all of that so that he wouldn't go to the throne alone. Like he was okay, but it was just him. And, and now what he wants to do is he wants to leave the throne so that he can get the victory that when he goes back, somebody say when he goes back. Okay, I need you to see this. Somebody say when he goes back. He did it so that when he goes back, we would go with him. When did we go with him? 
when he went. Did he already go back? Come on, y'all got to catch it. Because you think that you're waiting (laughs) until you die to rule and reign. But that's not when we go to the throne. Your body is here, but your spirit is positioned around the throne. Y'all got to catch this sermon, Real Life Church. You got to, you're not waiting to get, right when he went and you believe that you went with him. That is where you are. You, y'all don't believe me. Good Lord Jesus. Um, okay. Uh, um, let's see. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 through 6. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ. Y'all got to see it. When he died, you died. That's why it doesn't make sense to sin anymore. It's not who you are anymore. When you start to see that it's not a sin issue, it's an identity issue, it changes everything. I don't do this not because of obligation. It's just simply not who I am. It doesn't make any more sense because that person died when Jesus died. And when Jesus was raised to new life, I was raised to new life. And I'm seated along with Christ. Look, seated us, not him. That he raised us along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Jesus. Oh, you got to know where you live. You've mixed up your address. Some of you are living like you live here, but you're a foreigner here. Your citizenship is now in heaven. You are now a citizen of heaven. We must stop living like we are citizens of this earthly realm. When you understand this, it changes the way you walk. And I can tell a lot by the way you walk. You don't know your address. (laughs) When you understand where you are, well, what if I'm going through hell on earth? Like, it's okay because you're not really here. (laughs) Like, you're above it. Even if it doesn't change overnight. This is why Paul said, uh, um, set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father, not on things of the earth. Why? What is he saying? He's saying because that's where you really are. And you will not experience the victory you need, listen, until your mind leaves this earth and goes to heaven. Your mind can go to heaven before your body does, before you get a resurrected body. And that's what this is all about. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let me end by saying this. When your mind walks in the heavenly realm, it manifests the heavenly realm in your life. Why? Because as a man, this must be a year. What we're not saying is, Lord, will you get the victory? He's already got it. Some of us are still waiting for Jesus to win. (laughs) It's there fully, 100%. What we're saying is, Lord, would you take our minds there? Would you take our hearts there? Because once we get there, 
everything changes. I want to see the victory of Jesus invade every portion of your life. Well, that's too much to ask, Pastor. No, his blood was expensive. It would be offending to him if I did not want anything more, anything less than that what he did coming to every aspect of your life. Will it happen overnight? No. Is your mind going to be transformed overnight? No. That's why you need the body. That's why you coming to church once a month is not going to work for where you need to go. That's why coming to church on Sundays isn't going to work. You got, I talk to you for, don't even say how long. <laughs> Too long. Uh-uh. I heard somebody in the back. <laughs> I talk to you for some time on Sundays and then, listen, your soul hears celebrities more than your pastor and depending on your prayer life more than Jesus. Ooh, I felt something cut right there. So really, who's discipling you? <laughs> you cannot come to church once a week and say that I'm being discipled. I'm a disciple of Jesus. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're 5,000. Uh-oh. 5,000 weren't disciples. They just wanted to eat. They just wanted a miracle. But the 12 said, we're not satisfied with that. We need time with you. We want to be with you. Wherever you go, we're going to go. We're going to follow you. That is the call of discipleship. And it's in discipleship that his victory begins to infiltrate your life. understand that we can't just talk about the victory of Christ like it's going to require us to really do what's necessary to experience it and I believe one of the main things is community walking in life with people I'm excited because they're not started yet but what if you have this message today and then you got together in homes and said what in the world does that mean for us were you confused on any part you say yeah I kind of have this whole outline that you're able to ask questions to yourself and say, what areas am I not experiencing? What would happen to our church? What would happen in your life? Because you listening to this doesn't change anything. This has to be walked out. And I notice in Christianity, we don't have time to do it. So we listen to a lot of information, but there's not enough time to apply it because guess what? Monday's tomorrow, <laughs> no matter how much you pray about it. Got authority. He said, I reign. So I push Monday back right now in the I push you back in the name of Jesus. I extend my Sunday family time right now. I walk in heavenly places. This movie night gonna last all day. Tomorrow, all no, you can't do that, right? That is that is fixed. It's just there. Monday, you're gonna go to sleep tonight, and boom, it's gonna be there. And work comes and ki kids come and everything comes real real quick, and all of a sudden, this doesn't mean as much to you anymore. Your old mindset comes back. But what happens when you make it through Monday because Tuesday night you're going to be with some girls and you're going to pray together. 